Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of You Want to Split That, the podcast that has very interesting people and fast food. My name is Bailey Engel. Hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving. I know I sure did, and I'm glad to be back on the podcast with another great guest today. He is the 2016 Nance Award winner. That is the award awarded to the top collegiate broadcaster. He was number one when I was number 13 on that list, and we got to kind of digitally know each other over the years through Twitter, and this is actually the first time we ever talked. So that was when we were in college. Now, obviously, he is a professional and an NFL broadcaster for the company Sports USA Media calls the NFL most recently called that shellacking in Atlanta between the Falcons and the Raiders also calls games on TV for stadium you can see him call tennis you can see him call college football you name it this guy does it all he's a USF alum and he also called games at FIU his name is Josh Appel and today we take a trip to Arby's for the first time in a long time that Josh went to Arby's and I gotta say I don't really go to Arby's that much either and we are trying their new deep fried turkey menu it's kind of a a seasonal thing just around for Thanksgiving and Christmas he got the bacon and deep fried turkey club I got the market fresh deep fried turkey sandwich the only difference mine came on white bread had a little bit of cranberry sauce the whole point is is that we're eating deep fried turkey and we're having a really great conversation Josh is a guy that doesn't take himself really seriously despite being pretty successful the guy has a sense of humor and he was really fun to talk to and I hope you guys enjoy it so here it is my conversation with Mr. Josh Appel over the Arby's deep fried turkey menu I feel honored, Josh, because you said this is only the second time you've ever gotten Arby's. Yeah, so the last time I had Arby's actually looks pretty good. I I uh, I was, gosh, I was a freshman in high school, maybe eighth grade. I was fourteen. That I know. Yeah, uh, my first radio internship down here in West Palm Beach, and it was the weekend show, and the host brought in lunch for everybody, and it was Arby's, and that was the only time I've had it. Uh, roast beef. Took the cheese off. I, you, I'll, I'll, let me explain to you how I got this sandwich. So it comes with mayo, tomato, cheese, uh, lettuce, bacon, and turkey. I got it without the mayo, without the cheese, and without the tomato. A very like so. It's like sometimes like a, a texture thing. I'm not a big mayo guy at all, but like I don't like cheese if it's not like melted onto something. So I can eat a uh, chicken Philly, but like I don't like a roast beef and cheese cold sub. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Did Does you, it? <laughs> no, I mean, a little bit. The, the <laughs> textures, you know, like, I think that the roast beef generally looks kind of gross at Arby's. But today, you know, I think that what you got actually looks a bit different than mine. I got the fried turkey. We got the same thing, right? Yeah, the fried turkey. All right. You got the fried turkey. I got the market fresh one because I thought that, you know, I'd maybe go healthy and market fresh seems like the right thing but it looks right. like there might have been a little bit of a mix-up well, regular bun right yeah well also <laughs> i was going for the healthy option at arby's <laughs> come on i know it's got bacon on it what did you get then i got it has turkey uh, bacon and lettuce on it okay awesome I well, turkey, I'll have yeah. You yeah. don't want to get the fried turkey. That's what I asked for. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You got. The fried <laughs> I also got the fried turkey. I got like on regular white bread, 
which is a little bit different. Um, got the bacon and mine came with cranberry sauce, which is a bit <laughs> odd. Yeah. So if you're ready, I'm ready. I'm going to take a bite of my first ever thing on white bread from Arby's. Oh, that's a lot of sauce. The cranberry's a little off-putting, to be honest, in the beginning. <laughs> Honestly, this tasted like nothing. <laughs> it just I didn't I didn't taste anything. <laughs> Not that I okay. That's obviously one of the symptoms of COVID. But that's not what I, that's not what I meant here. I can taste the fries. I can taste the, uh, the Coke that I ordered. Uh, it's fine. Like if I'm going to get a turkey sandwich, I'm not going to Arby's. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did it with me today. And it's also like, we'll go back and rate it at the end, but it's also like, at why does that have to be $9? Yeah. Mine was $9. There's no reason for it to be that expensive. It's the cranberry upcharge. No. Okay. Upcharge. Yeah. Imported cranberries uh, for Arby's. You get to eat fast food a lot with your job. Um, this year, yeah, more so because like when we're on the road now, I think we went to one restaurant so far this season, or through week twelve now. And I mean, even that time, it was everything was obviously we're careful about where we went. But you know, I've been ordering a lot of like Chick Fil A to to the hotel, like through DoorDash and things like that in Cleveland. Uh, there's, um, there was a chicken tender place that I compared to Cane's. It's like a poor man's Cane's, mm. not as good as Cane's, but still Guthrie's it's called Guthrie's. I believe they're based in, uh, Alabama, but somehow there was one near my hotel in Cleveland near ish. You know, I ate a lot of fast food growing up. Uh, I don't know if you can tell about my build, uh, but here we are right, um, right, right with you, brother. <laughs> uh, did you, uh, did you do that a lot growing up in Florida? Yeah, so we had a McDonald's that was um, like within walking distance of the house that I grew up in. And so we go there a lot after, you know, coming home from baseball practice and my parents were have already eaten. And I had to change something quick. Or uh, if we were in middle school, we would walk home on Fridays back home and we'd stop at the McDonald's on the way. Um, it was always quick. And then when I would go to my grandmother's, there was a Burger King right on the corner around the on the street over from her building. So I always got the chicken tenders, then obviously graduated to the chicken fries Ooh. and the original chicken sandwich. And then, and then once you get introduced to Chick-fil-A, it's hard not to uh, just get hooked on it. Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys not have Chick-fil-A the entire time in Florida? Um. It wasn't until probably I was in high school that I really started to know the joys and deliciousness of Chick-fil-A. Although I'm a nugget guy, and I think that's kind of cheating. No, I know, and I, I was a nugget guy too, and I can't, I mean, I still go to it now. I'm, I'm 25. I feel like you have to graduate to the sandwich, but you know what? Screw that. The nuggets are really good. Um, so you still eat out a lot, but what's the spread like for the NFL, man? Because I'm in the NAI level, and you know we're lucky if we get Little Caesars. Um, I got to imagine that you were just in Atlanta this weekend that they have good food. No, so now everything is just pre-packaged and everything, and there's no regular buffets. The great thing about Atlanta is they have a soft serve ice cream machine. What? And that makes everything else irrelevant. Doesn't matter what you're serving beforehand. You have that soft serve ice cream with Oreo toppings, M and M's. Oh, it's great, and you can get the swirl. I mean, how? Like, obviously, the move is the swirl, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's just like a regular, it's not even branded. Yeah, they have a person there and they give you one of those little plastic cups full of whatever ice, soft serve ice cream you want. And they put the little toppings on it and 
There you go. You got to do yourself a little soft serve ice cream before the game or during the game. Nothing like a halftime if it's hard to uh, scrounge down a full cup of soft serve ice cream at halftime. We only have probably like eight or nine minutes. So I try to get it in beforehand. But I'd imagine if you're a writer and you're just kind of sitting there on your laptop during the game that a nice little halftime soft serve ice cream cup pick me up before the second half, especially on Sunday with a first half that took two hours. Here, though, with this fried turkey, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about what you just said, how it tastes like nothing. I took one piece of the fried turkey off and just ate it on its own. And I was like, that was pretty solid. I don't know if I'd go to a fast food restaurant to do it, but I'll try, I'll yeah, you should try that. The cranberry on mine, I was like, it's not enough of it to really make a decision. So you're not really missing out on much. I mean, yeah, like it's, it tastes like turkey, but it would like, again, if, which actually is a, is a win. Right to be honest. Yeah. But again, if I'm, there's a Publix right across the street from where this Arby's is by where I live. Do you know what Publix is? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. You ever had a Publix sub? I have not. I've gotten their fried chicken though when I went on spring break and I like that a lot. Next time you go to Publix, whenever that is, get a chicken tender sub. Buffalo chicken tender sub. Best thing they have. Anyways, if I'm going to get uh, a roast beef or a turkey sandwich, I'm going to go across the street to the deli at Publix or five more minutes away to a place called La Spada's Hoagies, which is like the best sub place down here. So it's fine. Just like I, I was, I was talking to somebody um, while I was driving on the way to the drive-thru because I, I texted one of my group text that this was the first time I was having Arby's in a long time. <laughs> and one other person agreed with, you know, glad that you didn't. Other two were like all about the beef and cheese and the milkshakes. And I, I said, I think I would go to every single fast food restaurant four times before I went to Arby's. <laughs> I don't know if you were looking for an Arby's sponsorship. I don't know if you were looking for an Arby's sponsorship, but I probably just ended any possibility. No. Arby's for some reason, and maybe some local people that kind of grew up with me uh, listening to this, Arby's for some reason, where I was from, they were like, two gigantic Arby's that kind of look like a Bass Pro Shops inside. And you, it kind of tricked you into thinking that you were eating at a really fancy place, but you weren't. It was just the same thing that you can get at an Arby's attached to the gas station. But for some reason it had a fireplace and I'm guessing by the surprise look on your face, y'all did not have that in Florida. No, but they like a few, a handful of years ago, they did renovate like all the Wendy's and McDonald's and they made them like nicer dining places. So I'm assuming it's along the same lines as that. We also, there's not a lot of need for fireplaces down here. No, it was, it was 64 degrees today. And so the coldest has been all year. And then tomorrow <laughs> the high goes back up to 70 something. Just to clarify, where are you? I'm in Fort Lauderdale, so South Florida. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I'm, it's uh, just to juxtapose that it snowed for the first time today. Uh, that is why I have a beanie on. I don't really cut the heat on really that high in my place. <laughs> also, uh, my hair isn't great. So I was just like, oh, let's just do this. At, at least you have hair, man. Yo, I was about to tell you, I'm, I'm being serious, Josh. And I, and I don't, I'm not doing this to like suck up to you or anything. I honestly think you rock the bald look. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm on my way there because I, I was about to ask you today, when did you make the decision to bring it on home? So first of all, thank you. But the beard, the beard is what makes it work. Right. Because we're hiding a little bit of, of underneath here with the, uh, with the beard. But mm-hmm. I first noticed that I was going bald. Like the first like indication. 
So I was in TV production in high school and my junior year, all the up the outgoing juniors going to be seniors were on the crew to do the production of the graduation ceremony. So I was on the main camera directly across from the stage in the back and the control room of the arena was up high and there was a camera shot to get the entire arena. Oh no. So you could see me on the ground. And so the next week at school, a two-year production teacher calls me over to his desk and he goes, Josh, what's this? And he had like photoshopped a circle on the back of my head and you can start to see a little lighter spot back here. And it was fine for a while, but I was really hanging on to it for way too long. I don't think I like fully shaved it uh, until uh, probably like two year, two or three years ago. So probably the, my second year was so 2018. I would say probably the, when I first started to finally go bald. It was actually so um, I I fill in with USF baseball in the off season, and uh, they do a versus cancer fundraiser every year, and it culminates. Uh, with everybody on the team shaving their heads um, after the Sunday game of that series. And so I've done it two or three times with them. And on the third time, I was like, you know what, just go no clippers and just, you know, take it all off. And then I went to the barbershop afterwards, like get the rest of it cleaned off. And I was like, you know what, this might have to be the move from now on. It just might be. And I'm lucky. And again, thank God for the beard because I'm not sure it would work without it. Yeah. I also just have to like, I'm thinking in my head, it's like, I got to get, I'm going to get a little bit more lean. I'm going to get really buff. And then maybe I'll get a tribal tattoo. I know that's probably Ooh. appropriation now, but I'm just going to lean into that and be like a Joe Rogan, like douchey broadcaster. And then, you know, maybe that'll be my brand now. <laughs> well, does he have, he doesn't have a beard though. He does not. I don't think so. He looks all right. That's how you differentiate yourself. Yeah. All right. I'm the beard guy. I'm the beard fast food podcast broadcast guy. By the way, it's an amazing concept. I love the concept behind it because, you know, there are so many great podcasts out there, but a lot of them generally have the same concept. Like, this is an amazing wrinkle. These fries are so good. They are good. Mine are getting pretty cold, actually. So I had to heat them up. I had to nuke them for about, you know, 20 seconds or so. They're kind of like the highlight for me. The turkey is growing on me. I mean, the one I got you. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, it's all right. You have like the like the bun with yours. Mine with the white bread. I honestly should have gotten what you got because I was getting it this because of the cranberry because it was different and Mm -hmm. like I can kind of taste it. uh, But I mean, the turkey's okay. Too much mayonnaise. If they if they want, I would rather have more cranberry sauce. Um, It's a it's a mayo sandwich with some turkey on it. Yes. Yes. But, uh, man, what's your week looking like? What do you got this weekend? Well, I'm off this weekend. But next week, I have a home game. I'm doing Chiefs-Dolphins. Nice. With uh, Mark Carrier. And then the following week, I have Patriots-Dolphins. So that's what I've got coming up. It's I mean, I, The fact that it's December 1st already blows my mind. And I don't like it, really. Because I feel like the season just started. And I always have this feeling in December. And I always think at the beginning of the year, all right, it's a long season. I'm just going to savor every moment as it doesn't feel like it's going fast as hell when we get to the end. And here we are near the end, and it's gone by way too damn fast. <laughs> like, I, I feel pretty fortunate in the fact that when everything kind of shut down, I was okay. And a lot of things have happened. And I was like, oh, you know, that was actually kind of fun this summer, just chilling out and not having that much to do. What is like a general week look like for you in the life of a traveling NFL broadcaster? So 
starting, we'll just start with, you know, coming back from a, from a game either on a Sunday night or a Monday morning. I usually like to take Monday whenever I get back just to kind of reset. And then Tuesday I dive in on everything else. Now that I have an off week this week, I've actually already put together the skeleton for both the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Um, and I might do the Patriots as well, just to have names, height, weight, college experience, all that stuff done. So then by the time we get to uh, game week on a Wednesday is normally when I start to really, you know, read all the newspaper clippings, go through all the game releases, which is Wednesdays, Wednesdays are usually when the teams send those out, sometimes Tuesdays, but most of the time Wednesday. So I go through all both of those, always scrolling through Twitter because Twitter is such a great resource, following all the beat writers, sometimes Pro Football Talk or, or one of the other websites will have a, or ESPN or The Athletic will have an article that's, you know, good for my game. So I might not even sitting down at my computer at that point in time, physically typing something out, but I come across something on my Twitter timeline, throw a favorite on that, come back to it later because I know maybe that's something that I can use. Um, but pretty much from Wednesday to Saturday when I leave, it's just a lot of reading and a lot of kind of deciphering what should be included and what I feel like if a situation came up, that would be relevant to our broadcast. So yeah, Monday, we kind of come back, decompress. Then Tuesday, we jump back into it, get all the skeletons done, all the stats in there. Wednesday, get the game release, all the articles each day, making sure that I'm up to date and knowing what's going on and just familiarizing myself with these teams. And uh, one of the things that, you know, you do get the benefit of, you know, in the NFL is that there's a wealth of information out there. Number one, number two, you kind of know who and what, to focus on for each team. Um, there's half the players on a roster that there is in college. And so just from that standpoint, you have more time to, I guess, get a little more in depth about certain guys and, you know, dig deeper and see if you could find something, you know, more interesting about Patrick Mahomes that maybe hasn't been regurgitated a hundred times already by week, you know, 14 when that game is, because there's obviously so many things you can say, but you, he's on national TV essentially every week. He's one of the top two or three stories every single week in the NFL, whatever Patrick Mahomes did. Same thing goes for Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Um, obviously the big storyline for him going into our game in a couple of weeks will be whether or not he's back from his thumb injury and just his struggles and kind of the back and forth with Ryan Fitzpatrick and things like that. But Tua is a national story. Everything he does is a national story just because of – his rise and what the first thing he ever did on a national stage was throw a game winning touchdown in the college football playoff, like ice in his veins as a freshman, like nothing, nothing phases him. So from that moment on, everything that he does, it's a national story. He's always been in the spotlight. So, you know, just finding something that maybe is a different angle on things that have already been talked about these people. So that's all kind of the mindset each week going in. And, you know, there's not really a, a lot of, there is structure to it, but like it's an always ongoing process. So like I said, even if I'm not physically sitting down at my desk, staring at my laptop, I'm still doing some reading maybe on my phone or, or something like that. That was a very long-winded answer. No, no. And I'm, I'm glad because, you know, a lot of people that might uh, listen to this aren't necessarily broadcasters. So to, to clarify, um, skeletons, you mean your notes, right? Yeah. So my charts. So just the, the, the bare bones, I, the, Names, numbers, height, weight, school, experience, and age, and their stats. Right. 
um, my skeleton and then everything else, you know, just the different things they've accomplished this year, nuggets on what the defense, the offense, the team storylines, all that stuff is everything else that comes after that I fill in. Yeah. Um, going back to the meal real quick. The, a lot of times I like eat everything really fast and I re- looking at my plate here, I got one curly fry left. I'm going to send, send him home maybe at the end, but uh, this isn't a meal. I'm really like scarfing as much. What's uh, the update on your sandwich? I'm probably going to leave it. I've got through half of it. It's like I said, it's fine. I'm gonna eat the bacon. bacon yeah. Although, can I trust this bacon? You think? Yeah. Why not? I think I have to save this curly fry for last. Oh right. man, they. Ooh, that's five curls. Right. Like if you get a good curly fry like this, like you have to wait until the end to eat it. Oh my god. Yeah. Mine's just one, so I don't really. I think I'm just saving him for the the sake of, you know, he's just my last one. But uh, yeah, I got about seven bites on my sandwich. He can wait. Um, there's also some time that's lost, I guess, in COVID times of actually bonding with your color commentator and building chemistry. What's that been like this season for you without ever really having to have those face-to-face interactions throughout the week? Well, the good the good news for us is that, you know, our r- regular rotation of analysts are all people that I've worked with over the last, you know, three-plus years now in my fourth season with them. So I know their tendencies to work together enough where we know – how to bounce ideas off each other, how to have banter on the air, how to make things fun and entertaining. Like Sunday, I work with Doug Plank. I work with Doug, my first ever game for Sports USA. He's probably been the one that I worked with most over the course of the last four years. And, you know, we talked on the phone probably once before, you know, on game week for a good half hour. And then we'll see each other on Saturday night at the hotel and we'll ride to the game together on Sunday. And we're just, from the time we get to in the car on Sunday, we're pretty much together the whole time, the whole day. Cause we get there, we can't really go anywhere anymore. We have to stay in the booth the whole time. And so we just kind of shoot the shit for three, three and a half hours before the game starts uh, talking football. He's telling Doug's telling old stories about his days with the bears. Um, so it's, we, we do the best we can, but, but the good thing about us is that, you know, there's so much familiarity already with the crews that we work with. Well, that's awesome. Um, I know that's something that's not familiar. Um, and, you know, I, I call games at a, a lower level, but I called a Division One Virginia Tech game last week. And it really was the first time I was kind of taken aback by the lack of crowd noise and just energy inside of, of the building. Has that been kind of throwing you off a little bit as well this year? Um, good question. And, you know, you would think, and I was kind of wary of that, you know, going into week one, because at the time, Georgia was one of the places that wasn't allowing fans. And I didn't really notice too much of a dip. Like once the game started, you just kind of block that out. And, you know, the players I haven't really noticed, at least at, at this level, I haven't noticed like any drop off in effort. And so if there's no drop off there, like we still have to match what's happening. We have to match the action, especially on radio. Uh, the voice is the instrument and the voice can be used in so many ways to convey the action that's happening. So we have to be able to match that regardless of whether or not there's fans. And then after a certain period of time, you just get used to it. Like I was talking to somebody yesterday. I, I don't even remember what it's like to have like a packed stadium. Like it, it's, it's odd. I, we, we did the Outback Bowl on January 1st or 2nd, whatever it was at the beginning of this year. And that was the last time I was in a football stadium that was like mostly packed. 
And just the idea of that now is just, do we really put 70,000 people in these stadiums every week? Like, it's just odd. Um, but you get used to it after a while. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the time that we do actually get fans back in there because obviously it is a lot different and it adds so much to the game experience for everybody involved. Yeah, I'm also getting to the point now where I'm watching stuff that was obviously from way before 2020. Like I've been on a Sopranos kick since I was in high school, <laughs> watching it over again. And I'm like, oh, Tony and Carmela, they got too many people at their house. <laughs> so that, was in, that was in 2002, man. Like that was way before all of it. Okay. this went down. Yeah, um, this uh, this half of the sandwich on my turkey, uh, on my uh Fried, deep fried turkey sandwich, which by the way, deep fried turkey doesn't taste any different than just regular. regular turkey. Yeah, I don't, it's not like, uh, you know, Kentucky fried chicken where it's like crispy or anything. Um, no. This one has more cranberry sauce on it. And I wish that they put more on that side because it's actually, it, it adds a little bit to it. You know, KFC is another one of those fast food places that I actually have not had a lot of. And I still haven't tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I've been, I, I there's one like two minutes from where I live and I just haven't gotten around to doing it. And I just want to try it. Yeah. I don't know how I like it. I just want to try it. And I'll, I'll let you make your own decision for that. But in my experience, it's just bigger. I think that's what it comes down to is the fact that the chicken is like a lot. Obviously, it's, you know, Chick-fil-A is your favorite. Um, but the Popeye's. Canes, Canes is my favorite. We don't oh, have sorry. Yeah. What's up with Canes when you come in there and they, what do they say to you? They always have like in the drive through like it's like a kickity cane day or something like it's just a weird phrase every time they can, they can say whatever they want because the chicken tenders are amazing <laughs> and everything uh, just canes uh, is i wish i wish we had one down here i wish i had the money to like put up to bring a canes franchise down here hey man that's what living the dream maybe when all this think, stuff think, of, think of the the marketing campaigns you could do at the university of miami oh my god i didn't even think about that Really missing out. Ooh, yeah. I, there's one in Charlottesville that I've gone to a few times, and I'm like, yeah, this is way better than Zaxby's, which is the thing I kind of compare it to. Zaxby's is okay. It's fine. PDQ. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. I think so. Um, it's definitely better than this Arby's. Sorry, Arby's. Yeah, it's a lot better than this. As I take another bite here, but something I like about you, at least from your online persona, because this is actually the first time we've ever talked. Um, you seem to have a good sense of humor. How can you kind of put that personality into your radio broadcast? And how long did that take you to actually invigorate in there? Um, a while, because I think at, at first, and I'm still working on that stuff. Like I'm not, I'm, you know, obviously trying to get better every time I do a game. I'm not happy every, you know, I'm not happy leaving a broadcast every single time out. It's just not the reality of the thing, of the situation. But, you know, when I was, this is something I learned a long time ago but took a lot of time to actually, you know, put in practice when I, you know, call a game. When I was interning um, for Dan Le the Dan Levitard show, like one of the big things that they, uh, such a terrible name dropped by me, but. I no, it's okay. I was actually going to ask you about. One of the biggest takeaways from that show was just not taking yourself so seriously and sports so seriously because yeah, they're important in a lot of aspects, but also it's sports. Yeah. So let's be, let's take ourselves in general a little less seriously and have some fun with it. And so I, I try to take that approach, but you know, when you first start out and you like get a new opportunity, you know, you, you're kind of in a shell a little bit because you don't, 
you're just trying to get through it without messing up, I guess. And it takes a little time to get over that. And once you get comfortable in whatever role it is, you can start to inject more of your personality into things. So like on Sunday, we didn't have a really close game at all. And then the fourth quarter, we were talking about uh, our fantasy teams on the air because uh, our, our statistician, Drew Carter, uh, he, I believe, had Derek Carr in his fantasy lineup. Oh, no. And then I had Young Way Koo in mine in a different <laughs> league. And Young Way Koo legitimately won me my uh, matchup this week in a must win. Uh, He's killing it this year. This is a terrible tangent. He made five field goals on Sunday with four extra points. The highest score. Uh, I would take that for a He got like 20 points. So I, I have two kickers, and I kind of like always alternate uh, with Zane Gonzalez and Young Way Koo. And this week I was kind of like, all right, which one? I feel like there'll be more points against the Raiders. So, you know, we're going to go with the Raiders or we're going to go with Young Way Koo. And thankfully I did because I literally would have lost by one point if I had started Zane Gonzalez. <laughs> but anyways, um, I'll give you another example. Um, I wrote, so earlier this season, we, uh, I did a Washington football team game in Cleveland against the Browns. And just as I went to into the Fox booth before the game, introduced myself to Kevin Kugler. I never met him before, but I wanted to introduce myself. And I noticed that on their monitors on both sides, they had post-it notes that said, Washington football team. Oh, as like a hey, don't say our words. Yeah, and so I did that in our booth. And so on Sunday, my first time doing the Raiders since they moved to Las Vegas. Uh, we were in Atlanta, by the way, not in Las Vegas. I'm still on the bucket list to get out there. That's a bucket list stadium now. Atlanta's pretty dope too, though. Oh, it's amazing. I love Mercedes Benz Stadium. Um, it it was foggy as we drove up to the stadium on Sunday in the morning. And so we were like driving down the street and we're like, what? Should we be seeing the stadium by now? And then all of a sudden, bam, it just like smacks you in the face through the fog. But anyways, so I wrote on a card, Las Vegas, and like put a bunch of exclamation points around it and stuck it next to the, on the divider next to me. And I, I kid you not, after I did the scene set calling Las Vegas and I start a dialogue with Doug Plank, I literally call them the Oakland Raiders. Oh, no. And then we go to break, and we come back, and I do it again. And I, and I made some comment like, look, it's not going to happen again. I just, like, poked fun at it. That just It was one of those things where, like, yeah, it was obvious, and I know I messed up, and I'm going to just move on and make fun of myself for it. And I, I feel like the, the genuine um, – I think that comes off in a, hum, a human way to people who are listening um, – because I feel like a lot of times people think of us as these robots who just are there to call a game. No, I'm here to have fun with it. If I make a mistake, I make a mistake. It happens. It actually took me a long time to have that mindset though. And sometimes I don't follow that, but in that situation I did at least on the air. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I, I was asking that just on the, on the behalf of maybe the people listening, but also for myself. Cause you know, I'd like to think that I, I got a decent, like enough personality to make things conversational, but it's something about putting that headset on makes it really tough. It, it, it comes with, and again, I'm st- something I'm still working on. Like it, it comes with time and doing games. I think, you know, I talk about him a lot, but I think if you listen to some of Joe Buck's old broadcasts from like the mid two thousands, early 2010s and compare them to net the last few years, like he's completely different in how much of his personality he lets show and I think that's a, a great example to people 
who are coming up through this. I think Adam, guys like Adam Amin are a great example of that. Uh, Kugler's right at it. Uh, Burkhart's great at it. And of course, Jim Nance is great. Ian Eagle, like everybody, Harlan, like all the guys that are at this level are so good at injecting that personality at the right times. You know, again, it's something I still work on because sometimes, you know, you do, you, you sometimes fall into the trap of trying to be too broadcastery. And like, this is the most important thing. This is the most serious thing and we have to take it seriously. And you do, but that doesn't mean you can't have personality in your broadcasts. And I think it helps you come off more genuine than whoever's listening or watching. Yeah, I, I love that answer. Um, my turkey is ice cold. So uh, I think that Arby's, if they're going to sell something to me for $9, I mean, I'm going to reiterate this again. Folks at Arby's, I know you're not listening, but in case you do, don't sell a $9 sandwich with white bread that I could get at Food Line. Is it time for our ratings? Is that what you, is that what? I don't know. I'm oh. gonna, I got another thing. We're going to come at the end. I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm because get- I'm not, I'm not, I'm not touching the rest of the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of like in hot ones where you're not even going to do the last dab. You're just not. Okay, no, in in hot ones, I would a hundred like if I know what I'm signing up for with hot ones. Right. If I'm going to do hot ones, I have to do all the wings. This yeah. I've eaten half a sandwich. That's just at best okay, and now it's cold. <laughs> um, another thing I you know I like about you, Josh, and kind of admire about you. Um, our careers are obviously very different, but I find that one parallel, maybe a little bit of a stretch here, but from like non-traditional broadcast institutions, I'm from Virginia Tech, you're from USF. Um, we, at least I'm assuming here, went to schools that don't really have that awesome network of people to work with, like some of our friends from Syracuse or Arizona State, and, but yet you've been able to already get to the NFL and be a voice of a Division One football team. Uh, in your short time out of college, how were you able to still create those opportunities for yourself when you were in college at a place that doesn't pump out a lot of broadcasters? So, and that's a great question. And I think if you're listening to this and you're someone who's trying to figure out, if you want to do this and you're trying to figure out where you want to go to college, um, I would say that I'm not the first one to say this because there are plenty of successful broadcasters who have come from other places than Syracuse or Arizona State. I think the dog was trying to come in. Oh, I thought you were looking over your shoulder like, oh no, Iron Eagle's here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Wade, Wade the Golden Retriever was. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you're trying to figure out where to go to school and you have your mindset on going to Syracuse or Arizona State, Northwestern, Missouri, any of these places, it's great and awesome. But also there are other places where you can go and get opportunities and be successful because the great thing about USF was Bulls radio did every single sport and they had money to travel to every football game, to any big tournament that USF was playing in for another sport. Like if they made it to the NCAA tournament, which they didn't when I was there, but if they did, we would have had the money to go. If baseball made a regional, we would go and do it. If women's basketball was playing in a postseason tournament, we would have like, we, I don't know if we, I don't think we traveled to it, but we would have had, uh, you know, we would have had the chance if we could have. Um, the opportunity is the most important thing. I was on the air doing play-by-play my freshman year of college. And I also had somebody each week who was critiquing my work. And so I wasn't just making mistakes over and over again. I was making mistakes and getting them corrected or trying to get them corrected. So by the time I'm out of college, I've got four years worth of every collegiate sport plus minor league baseball coming out and the opportunities like we didn't have like 
new house like you go and you there are classes there specifically for this for broadcasting there are kind of some of that there's kind of some of that at usf but everything i learned as far as play-by-play was just doing it for bulls radio for the student radio station so i would say you know find a place that you can go and get time behind the mic because that's the most valuable experience you can get um and i think having that many games under my belt already um, by the time I graduated. And, you know, the FIU opportunity came up because one of the uh, hosts I used to intern for was in a management position at the station and they were getting FIU's rights. And he's like, look, I don't know much of the details, but send your stuff to this guy if you have any interest. And I did, didn't pay a lot, but it was division one football where I was from. So obviously that was a a no brainer decision. Um, And then I, you know, just, sending some emails out, uh, hoping that somebody would respond. Sports USA was, um, I was lucky enough to get a response from Sports USA. Um, They, I'm sure the Nance award being tied into it definitely helped, but I like to think that the ability was there too. Um, Because at the end of the day, like talent will always find its way. And sometimes that happens quicker for others than some, but that doesn't mean that the ability is not there. Um, I've just been very, I I realize how fortunate I am to have had like an insane fast track to do football on a national level in the NFL. Like that's, if you would have told me when I was a senior, like that's mind blowing. Like I didn't think that this was possible at all this soon. Um, This was the hope like down the line. And I by no means have, made it or anything by any stretch of the imagination but um i I just it's wild to think about to like take a step because like you fall into the routine of this is normal yeah and you gotta sometimes take a step back and realize how fortunate you are or i am i have to do that to really have some perspective and not take it for granted what i get to do each week um it's not lost on me. That's for sure. And I, there's, there's always a little, you know, voice in my head kind of pulling me back sometimes to not, uh, you know, get too far ahead of myself. And, you know, sometimes it causes me to look over my shoulder sometimes, and that's not really a good thing either. But, um, I, I was on another podcast a couple of weeks ago and we were just talking about imposter syndrome in general. And one of the things I was saying was like, that's a normal thing for a lot of people who are in our position and just all at any level in this, like when you first start out and I just, a lot of us are in the same boat in the sense of mentally what we think about and the general anxieties that come along with this profession. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to know that if they are, in this profession and they are just starting out there's a lot of people who can relate to exactly it is that they're going through whether it's on the news side the anchoring side play-by-play whatever it may be like there are people who are who can relate um i don't mean to get too deep but no uh yeah so i think that's important to know too and to just have some perspective of you know i realize that a lot i lost some work over the summer um but i'm so fortunate that i've been able to travel almost every week and do these games like not everybody has had or has that opportunity this fall and it's really unfortunate i have a lot of friends who have lost a lot of work because of what's going on 
Yeah, well, good luck uh, now because your career is over after doing this podcast. So, <laughs> oh, no, it's taking off. What are you talking about? I'm excited to see when this is top 10, not this particular episode. This is going to be one of the probably the least downloaded episodes. No, no, no. Podcast that you do. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the day where this is the in the top 10 on um, podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. Talk about Joe Rogan earlier. <laughs> Joe better watch out at Spotify for this podcast. Joe's about to beat my ass after you said that. So thank you so much <laughs> for saying that. Um, well, Josh, you've been awesome. We, we've come to the point. All right, a segment, fun, closing segment, uh, one of the closing two segments of the podcast actually called Roast Them or Toast Them, which uh, roast means you don't like something like you're roasting someone for their outfit being bad. And then mm -hmm. toast means kind of like throwing, uh, you know, like a champagne up and yeah, like that, throwing your last curly fry, which by the way, I'm done with my Arby's now. It was okay. We'll come to it at the end. Uh, okay, I eat my last fry or did you save your stuff? Yeah, let's ceremoniously eat it. Uh, fries are good. Yeah, A plus on the fries, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Uh, so, roast them or toast them with Josh Appel. I'm gonna. The first two are kind of a Florida thing for me um, because I've only been to South Florida one time, um, but I went to this place. I want to know what you think. Uh, roast them or toast them with Miami Grill. Oh, so that used to be Miami Subs oh. back in the day. It's like with the neon. Uh, yes. The neon lights, yes. Yeah. So it used to be called Miami Subs back in the day, and then they changed to Miami Grill. The fries actually from Arby's remind me a lot of the fries from at least the old one. I haven't had Miami Grill in a long time. Back in the day, the OG Miami Subs, I liked. I can't speak to the one now. So I'll toast the original version and I'll roast the new version. Okay. All right. So the only time I've ever been, I went to Hollywood, Florida, and Pitbull's on the cups at Miami Grill because I think he loves them. Armando. Y'all really love that guy down there. How can you uh, not? The second thing, I think it's it's right, but uh, it's roast them or toast them with Poyos Locos. Is that a thing? I don't know what that is. Okay. All right. I think I, I maybe – I have the Breaking Bad uh, – Let's Los Pollos Hermanos. Yes, I think okay. So Pollos Locos was something like, I don't know. They had plans. Pollo Tropical. That's what it means. Yes, that. Okay. My bad. So, Pollo Tropical. I toast Pollo Tropical. Choppy Chop. The chicken Caesar wrap is great. Big, big uh, Pollo guy. I'm so excited that you figured out what I was talking about because I remember I went and I was actually kind of underwhelmed, but you know it was just that one time. Um, all right. And I, I'm glad that a lot of this is actually pretty natural. What we were already talking about roast them or toast them with Chick-fil-A's waffle fries. Oh, I mean, toast them. I get two fries every time I go there. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, roast them or toast them with, uh, Wendy spicy nugs. Toast. Okay. I love them too. Uh, and then finally coming up, this is kind of like our holiday episode for right now. Cause it was supposed to be a holiday meal. Uh, roast them or toast them with, Thanksgiving leftovers, not the day of, but leftovers. Okay, so here's my take. Okay. I, I, I don't like a lot of Thanksgiving food, like even the sides. So uh, I, went, my, I went to my girlfriend's uh, family's house, just a small group of us, just to make sure we're, we're COVID safe. It was everybody who already lived in that house and me and my girlfriend. 
You better get that so, notes app ready, man. You got to apologize for your career. <laughs> and I won't make the mistake of not cropping out everything else. Like you got, if you're going to put a notes app thing on Twitter as an apology or really for any reason, you have to crop out the time and you have to crop out like the options at the top to like go back. It's got to be just the message. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. But anyways, <laughs> there was brisket and there was turkey um, at uh, my girlfriend's family's house. My mom was with my aunt and they had uh, beef tenderloin. So those leftovers, the brisket and the beef tenderloin, I'm all about, but miss me with the leftover turkey and unless there's great gravy. I'll make an exception for turkey if there's good gravy, but the mashed potatoes and the, the stuffing, get it out of here. Um, I think that's a perfect segue into rating this meal from Arby's, the fried, deep fried turkey, as they say. Uh, I got the market fresh sandwich with the cranberry and bacon. Um, I think Josh got something a little bit different. It was just like a turkey, bacon, cheese, pretty much the same thing. We're rating the turkey. Fried turkey. It said fried turkey. So fried, t- yeah, fried turkey. So, uh, Josh, oh, time to rate it one, one out of ten with, uh, with your meal. So, I'm actually going to do this separately because I'd like to rate the fries a nine point six okay Okay. uh i'm rating this sandwich like a (laughs) 4.3 can you uh, explain your uh, your rationale it's edible so they get points for being edible um it's not the worst thing i've ever eaten from a fast food restaurant um but it's far 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 from like middle of the pack (laughs) So it's, it, I think a four point, what did I give it a 4.3? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that I feel like that's a fair score. I think it's pretty fair. And I think I'm going to actually jack your style a little bit here with uh, rating the fries separately. I'm going to go with the eight and a half on the fries. It's my own fault. They're a little cold. Um, But yeah, I think there's some of the best fast fruit food fries out there. As far as the meal, I honestly didn't hate it. I, but honest, but if it's going to be nine fifty then it's it better. better knock my socks off. And it didn't, it's, it was worse. So I'm going to go right around a four and a half too. So, you know, the cranberry sauce, they didn't distribute that right enough. I thought that actually made it kind of good, made it a little bit different, but four and a half for the market fresh deep fried Turkey sandwich. Um, Josh, you've been awesome, man. Thank you. And I was so happy to actually meet you. And oh, of course, it's been, it's been, I feel like we've known each other better than this. And like, one of the other things I want to add too, is that a lot of us are around the same age. I think it's so important to, keep in touch and talk a lot because it's cool to see when people who are our age, who, you know, we've kind of, I feel like we've known each other since we were both in college, at yeah. least but like seeing each other grow up through this and, you know, have success. I think that's one of the really cool aspects of this. So glad that we finally got to do this. Yeah, man. And uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be joining you on uh, team bald and beautiful pretty soon. Maybe in the next couple of years, you talk about growing up. Yes. Yeah, a plus. Yes. <laughs> uh josh that was awesome man and uh good luck with the game i'll hey one last chance though can you plug yourself i actually want to find a way to listen to your games where can people listen to your games okay so the nfl has very tricky rules with streaming games through the TuneIn app okay so we have a channel through sports usa that if we were doing college games our college games would air on there but the nfl you're not allowed to stream them online, at least through our service. So if there's an affiliate by you, we have an affiliate map on sportsusamedia.com website. If you're in an NFL market, we won't be on at the same time as that team. But 
we do have affiliates that on their streams for their station do indeed stream the games. I would love to plug the specific channel that I used for my family and my friends. I'll send it to you privately, but I don't want to ruin that. So I don't want to say which station does it, but it may or may not rhyme with Schmifteen, Schmifteen, the Schmeissen in Schmorth, Schmakota. <laughs> okay, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to make a trip to Schmorth, Schmakota on, online or, you know, maybe in person one day. But uh, that's great. That's the first time anybody on here has ever been able to plug their own work. So it's a great way to close it out. Josh, uh, thank you so much, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. 